music, news, interviews, live events, and more. Welcome to the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. It's Matt Pinfield. I'm hanging out with Oliver of the XX. Oliver, great to see you again. Good to see you too, man. You know, it's been uh, since the last album was out, and I was very excited when Coexist came out, and the record is so great, and it's been received so well here. So tell me a bit about... um, you you just recently had a month off and took some time and went back home. So how was that for you? It was good. It was you know that was our moment to be still. Cause we've been touring since uh, May. Yeah. It was just you know the beauty and doing the mundane stuff. Like I, I just brought my first flat. I've been living in it for like a year now. Finally got around to buying a bin, which was a pretty big yeah. moment for me. Um, yeah, and just just enjoyed being still it was awesome it was exactly what we needed were you hanging out just like watching movies and stuff at home and going out and eating some restaurants or just having a life yeah you know not to be fair i didn't leave my flat a great deal um yeah. i just saw my friends and um yeah i started working a bit as well that's which great. was awesome tell me a bit about you grew up a in, like you said, in I guess South London, there, right? The yes. Brixton Academy, which yeah. is one of the, a place that you you played more than once, right? Only once. We've only played once. We we played in December, um, and it was it's kind of like for an English band, it's like a rite of passage to play there. And um, all three of us saw our first gigs there. Um, my well, mum, I went to go see. Um, my mum took me and Jamie when we were about thirteen to go and see uh, the White Stripes. She was a diehard fan. It's great that your mom was in the White Stripes too. Yeah, That's very cool. yeah. No, she like she took me to my first festival the year after. Where'd you go to Reading, or was it like we a- went to Reading? Yeah, to follow the White Stripes. Great. And um, when we went there to see the Distillers and I think Queens of the Stone Age and Peaches, yeah, all playing together, which which sounded amazing. Well, that's you know because with Brody from yeah. Distillers and. Josh have been together for years now. Yeah, yeah. After, you know, know she was with Tim from Rancid, you know, all that stuff. Living the American dream with two yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Yeah. But uh, those are great first shows to see. Yeah. Do you think having a, having a cool mom like that who loved great music, who was a really inspiring as a kid, I mean, what kind of stuff was being played around your house? Um, my mom, well, both my parents were big um, Talking Heads fans. And then, you know, a lot of, like, people, everything but the girl... Um, Dorothy Column, Cure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Like, I have a relationship with both my parents where we kind of trade music. I give them a lot of new music and they give me a lot of music that they listen to when they're kind of my age. So it's it's a good relationship. I think that's a great relationship, you know? I mean, and I would assume that, like, Tracy Thorne and Ben Watt and the folks from yeah. Everything But The Girl and, and The Cure and all the bands that you mentioned are, and Dorothy Column, like Vinnie Riley, are all probably know your music now and are. Our fans too. Have you run into any of those people? Um, we've had contact with Tracy Thorne. Yeah, which was surreal. Yeah, never she's got an amazing voice. She's got one of my all-time favorite voices. Yeah. Um, never actually met in the flesh, but um, yeah, genuine idol. Yeah, yeah. she's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and you know, Marine Girls, everything is yeah, big big fan. Yeah, the early stuff too. You're talking about. Yeah. which is great. Yeah, and what about so? Uh, tell me about working with now. You and Jamie getting together and Romy and back in the studio. After you took the time that you had, how much time did you spend from the cycle of the last record, Mercury Prize, which, by the way, congratulations. That Thank was you. Fantastic and was well-deserved on the debut record. How much time did you guys give yourselves before you regrouped and to write? I thought we would take more time than we did. Um, I thought in the most loving way, you know, I don't want to see their faces for a little while. 
Um, but within, you know, five days of being back, we were hanging out. And I thought, you know, I don't want to work for a while. I just want to have a life. But I kind of got reintroduced to the idea that, you know, this isn't my work. This is just what I love to do. This is my passion. Um, so I started writing within the first week of being back. Um, I'm surprised we're here as soon as we are with an album out, you know, playing shows. I thought it would have taken at least another year. Um, but yeah, it happened a lot quicker than I thought it would. And really naturally, you know, we didn't have uh, like a meeting where we discussed what we wanted. Um, it wasn't very like planned. We only started thinking about an album when we had, you know, seven songs and could, yeah. could actually start seeing one. But yeah, it was natural. I mean, with them being your best friends and, you know, like, and Jamie producing and, you know, it's just like, it feels like, it feels like a family unit, doesn't it? When you guys end up get together. So it becomes, it's a very natural thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's a sibling relationship, the three of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's gone, gone to, it's just so much understanding, you know, a lot of stuff doesn't need to be said. Yeah. Um, and we're all quite similar people as well. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Tell me about you know that school that you guys went to when you were younger, the one that Hot Chip and Burial went to as well. Earlier, yeah. yeah. Now the, I know there's a lot made of that, like oh this is a brewing ground, but you guys have basically said in the past that oh, no, it was you guys were kind of left alone to do your own thing. Yeah, uh, you know it's, it's that kind of thing. Don't know if to give them too much credit if they were intentionally giving us freedom or just neglecting us. Yeah, because we were left alone a lot. And um, like for music classes, there, there was just a lot of bad kids that needed a lot of attention. So we were kind of left to ourselves quite a bit. And uh, like in music classes, they basically just put us in a room with loads of instruments and let us figure stuff out for ourselves, which I really appreciated because I think it's such a, a dodgy thing trying to teach a creative subject. Yeah, so you don't want to really kill the creativity and right, the fun. and you don't want to instill too many of you don't want people to instill too many of their own. Yeah, exactly. Ideas you want to give and become this clinical thing. Yeah. Like I, you know, in art class, you would like paint a painting and then have to make a huge book about it, like referencing each brushstroke to a different artist. Or there was no uh, room to just be spontaneous and say I did this because I thought it looked pretty. <laughs> you yeah, you, you can't really give the answer. Yeah. Oh, because this is how I'm feeling right now, and this yeah. is the thing that I want to do. This expresses what's going on with yeah. me. Yeah. So tell me what was different about the recording on this record. Um, was uh, w I mean, I know that Jamie brought in some different things, like Casio tones, and there was a lot of other stuff that he had yeah. used as well. What were some of the different things from the first record? Um, well, we were alone this time, we yeah. completely alone. No sound engineer. Jamie, Jamie engineered the album, and we had our own studio, which was just the, you know, we have such an easy setup. It was just an apartment, uh, you know, 10 minutes away from all of our homes that, uh, kind of kitted out a bit and um, I think we had the confidence this time to to be alone yeah and to trust our own uh, you know choice making and um, so we were alone for a year while recording this and um, it got a bit intense uh, where you know when it gets that internal where you just kind of you just lose all perspective yeah <laughs> so we did let people come in eventually because you know the first time we were recording in Excel on this side studio in London, in West London, and people were coming in and out, and we were still gigging, so we still were in contact with the out, uh, like outside world. But um, this time was 
we were just more confident. Yeah, and did you feel like when you were doing the first record, people were looking over your shoulder, and were people coming in and giving their two cents, or were they being being cool? Uh, no, they were being cool. You know, um, they, they weren't like coming in and telling us to do anything, but you know, just sometimes, just having someone there, knowing that it exists outside of the three of you. It's like the elephant in the room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's comfort in it. And uh, and we and we were playing out, we were playing the song, the new songs live um, to people and getting, you know, getting a general idea of how they're going down. But, you know, this time around, we couldn't just go and play in like a shitty pub uh, to, to five people because there was an audience this time around. Um, so it, it was very different, but it was fun. You know, I went into this album not knowing what to expect. I remember on our last American tour, a journalist sat me down and was just like, this this second record, the second record is gonna be the worst experience of your life. You know, it's gonna be torturous. You're gonna be constantly second guessing yourself if you should like stay true to your sound or drastically try and do something different. And uh, the pressure is gonna be enormous and yeah. Uh, but no, it wasn't that. It was, it was just, it was a good time. I mean, having the solitude to be together as a unit, as you know, as a family in the studio, sibling atmosphere, and not having a clock to punch either. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it was a big part of it too, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I can't even imagine working in a proper big old studio to a like time limit, and uh, yeah, it seems so alien. We were gonna, we were gonna take our time. Like I said, I'm surprised we're here as soon as we are. I've, we were fully prepared to take our time because I never want to release anything that I'm going to regret. No. So we would made sure that we were into it. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the songs were about subject matter relationships and heartbreak on this record too. Yes. Tell me about that. Really <laughs> 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 you don't mind. Yeah. You know, the, the writings come from a different place this time around. A lot of the songs in the first album were written... Uh, you know, love, writing love songs when you're like 15, 16. Uh, it w for me, it wasn't really coming from a place of experience. It was, it was still, it was still genuine uh, and still kind of honest. But it was a lot of like building up on my expectations and like observations, looking in other people's relationships, and you know, thinking about how I wanted things to turn out. And this time around, you know, I'm. I'm I was 22 I'm 23 now and um, I actually have experiences so it was yeah. uh, it was pretty cathartic writing this album you know just getting it down it was kind of like venting yeah and um, I was scared I was scared that I'd be scared of the fact that there's now an audience and you know anything I'm writing might end up being listened to by thousands of people at some point but no it was it was good to get it down it felt good yeah, it's almost a therapeutic. It's that yeah. way of getting through, like you said, cathartic. Yeah. Is there ever a, chan a time when you say, "God, I'm, I'm revealing too much of myself," or you, you wonder, you know? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, because we were so internal, it was kind of easy to forget about the outside world and where the, where it was going to go. Um, I thought I would be more cryptic than I was. I, I felt like I was more cryptic on the first record. A lot of more like imagery, and um, but no. Um, the people in the songs know who they are yeah. <laughs> they can see it uh, yeah uh, but I'm, I'm happy it's out there it's the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield tell me about Chained and that song 
Chained was one of the first songs me and Romy ever wrote together. You know, our, our writing has always been really separate. I would write at home alone, she would write at home alone and we'd come together and collage. Yeah. But um, on this record, we just thought, um, let's try actually being in a room face to face like me and you now and discussing. And um, yeah, that was one of the first songs that came out of that session. It was that Tides Unfold and our song. Yeah. And um, you know, the way we were working before, I would email stuff and um, you know, the back and forth would take a really long time. Um, it could take days, weeks, but this was so instant and it was really gratifying working like that. And um, you know, Chained happened in about a half an hour. <laughs> really, that could yeah. be amazing. <laughs> it was it was a bit more of a bit more of a ballad at the time, and then Jamie kind of added a different pace and took it to a different place, which is awesome. Right now, we're performing it like a ballad, like like how we wrote it. But um, are you finding the audience are surprised when they first hear it done that way? Yeah, but that's mean, what's you know, cool. It's it's artistic license. It's the thing that you do. Which we change a lot of our songs, um, not only to keep it exciting for people, but just for ourselves. You know, we have to play these songs every day. For, for we've been playing them for like close to a year, uh, so you know, keeping it exciting for ourselves. That's great. Now you've added a lot of shows. I'm really glad that not only the makeup shows are being done now, but you've added quite a bit of shows. Yes. I mean, I'm going to go see you guys in Jacksonville, Florida. I mean, that was when I saw you guys. I opened up the uh, the, the entertainment magazine down there, so and I went, "Oh, this is great! I'm going to go. This yeah. is a show." I was excited about that. Are you going to a lot of places that you haven't been before? Yes, on this tour, quite a lot. Uh, Florida. Yeah. Uh, we're going to New Orleans, which I'm really excited about. That's Some places place. that you haven't been before. Are yeah. you excited to see those places in America that you've read about or seen in films? Or Yeah. yeah. I think New Orleans is the perfect example. You know, we, we, we've been to Baton Rouge, just outside, but it's a place that I've wanted to go for a very long time. And, um, yeah, I'm just excited about the South. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to do in New Orleans. I'll bet. Do you have a night off so you guys we can do. go out? We do, <laughs> and you know, we, we've got we've got Austria with us, our support band. Yeah, uh, who are awesome people. So we're gonna we're gonna explore and have a good time. Yeah, check out some great food down there, and, yeah. and, and great bars, and just a bunch of stuff to do and see. Yeah, a lot of history. Yeah. So you'll see all these great. One of the other things, but not only the geography, but you'll see all these great music history towns too, right? yeah. which is cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this is going to be a good one. I've been looking forward to this tour for a long time. You talk about your parents being very supportive. Have they been out to the shows? And uh, is it? I mean, they must be super proud and just to see that what you've done. Yeah, they're really proud. Um, being music fans, the way they are. Yeah, big big music fans. Um, I've I brought them out to different places. Like my dad came to our some of our last shows last year in Paris and um, yeah I think they find it a bit surreal and you know nothing makes a show more scary than having your parents there you could be performing in front of thousands and thousands of people that you don't know and that can be scary but chucking a family member and the nerves really kick in yeah is it because you're afraid to this almost to disappoint them? You want to do a great show or it's just like that they know you so well they know you so well and it's just like <laughs> you know why are you doing that you don't do that at home <laughs> you know? um yeah but it's yeah it's, it's good to have them about because they, they, they've been so supportive like i quit my job when i was 18 
I'd, I'd been working for a year after I left school. What were you doing at that time, Oliver? I was working in a tennis club, yeah. uh, making coffees for wealthy women, and I hated it. Um, uh, yeah. Any of them try to pick you up? <laughs> no, they would come in, these big women, play five minutes of tennis, and then drink like seven lattes. Yeah. It was horrible and really boring. So I'm very grateful to be here doing, doing something I love for a job. And I don't have to deal with them being all wired up on lattes yeah. either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I quit my job to to write songs. And you know, if if you said that to most parents, I think they would get quite worried. But my mum and my dad were supportive and trusted that I wasn't just being a bum. Um, they trusted I was doing something. And um, yeah, and and I think you know, bring them to shows. They kind of they realise it. Yeah, and you were you were on songs by them before they're recorded too, or do you ever do that? Are you um, no? Yeah, no. They yeah. they like to have the finished product, finished right? product. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's it's always a scary one. Like when I was giving them coexist, I, I gave them like a test pressing with all the final artwork and everything, and um, gave it to them and just kind of ran away for like a day so they could <laughs> listen to it and came back. And um, yeah, they were really into it. it was, That's it was great. Thing to, yeah. yeah, I guess it's nerve wracking sometimes when you're playing it for people the first time. You know what I mean? And you don't have to be be there and observe family. Or yeah, like I, I refuse to be in the room. Um, you know, that that could be. I've had that done to me. Them hovering over your shoulder. What do you think? What do you think? Um, because I care so much what they think, but um, they've been really supportive. Name a few of your favorite albums of all time, things that you love and couldn't live without that are a big part of your um, growing experience and musical experience. Portishead Dummy. Yeah. That's an album that I like revisit a couple of times a year. Yeah. And and just listen to religiously. And it's a band that all three of us kind of come together and love and enjoy. Um, you know, Portishead are just like a pin up for the perfect band to yeah. us. And uh, I know they're working on stuff at the moment, which is exciting. They've just been, you know, not afraid to to kind of disappear. And you know, I think they're just firm believers in like quality control and only release when they're really happy with something and and ready and really feel yeah. that they want to go on the like, creative journey to do it. Right to be around for like two decades and only yeah. release three albums is is amazing. It is. Uh, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Yeah, is one of my favorite albums. Um, yeah, it's something that was passed down to yeah. me from my sister, and um, just incredible. And the fact that you know Lauren Hill is such a big, still important name after s such a long time, and yet only releasing one album as a solo artist. Yeah, you know, really says so, so much, so many things. I was like, I was working at Columbia at the time, and then she only did the unplugged. But they were waiting and waiting for uh, another yeah, record, yeah. and it wasn't coming. She was actually a North Jersey girl who went to school with. There's a comedy, and the guy who actually made you know Garden State, Zach Braff. Yeah, 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 yeah. They went to. They were in school together. They oh, were really? In together. Oh, Zach was Braff this, and Lauren. Was it, was it called? <laughs> what's the the school called? It's like uh, out there in like West Orange, or oh, okay. Orange, New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They went out there. <laughs> yeah, she, she she's yeah. There's like a video of her on YouTube on like a talent competition when she's yeah. 
like eight years old singing and she gets booed off stage. It's terrible. That's, it's, it's terrible. Right. It's terrible. But like, but I get, it if they, thick she skin, gets the right? last laugh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, she you know, really does. Multi-Grammy. I saw the Miss Education tour here. She did it at the theater at Madison Square Garden, which is a yeah. great room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was amazing there. Also, really loved, yeah, it was a dream of mine to see her. And do you have another one? Do you have a third one? A third one. Uh, let me say, let me think of a new one. A new one. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be like uh, surprising here. Uh, say something original, but um, Frank Ocean's Channel Orange is just incredible. Yeah, really incredible. And um, yeah, he's or, or I'd like to say a knife record as well. Like so, Silent Shout. Yeah. <laughs> I love that record. I love that record so much, and they're coming back. You know, I, I, yeah. Only now I just heard their new song that they've just released, and um, it's an intense like nine minute song. Yeah, Silent Shout was so great. Silent Shout was the yeah. song, the intensity of the song, the way it builds, and that those, those keyboard parts, those riffs, and then that the vocal treatment on it is so yeah. cool. I, I love just, that song. Like the product, like Jamie doesn't really listen so much to like I suppose songwriting. So he, he like loves that album just because of the incredible production and, yeah. and the sounds, but the fact that there are such strong songs as yeah. well, like underneath that, all it's yeah. incredible. I love them; they're great. Yeah, I used to play that song Silent Shadow on the radio all the time. You know, yeah, I love it. Which is very cool. So Oliver, what? Uh, so after this, you guys are gonna continue to do uh, New York dates and uh, one more. New York and then, uh, tonight, and then Philly, and then Baltimore, and then to the south yeah. for a couple of weeks. And what do you plan on doing after that? Are you going to go back home and then just... Uh, back home for a couple of weeks, which will be good, and, and um, start, you know, working on um, changing stuff up, because we're going to start doing festivals, Yeah. Um, you know, catering the, the set a bit more to those kind of atmospheres, and uh, then we're heading to Australia. And um, and then back here to the States. That's great. Spending a lot of time here. Well, we look good. forward to having you back. Cheers, man. It was great to see you again, Oliver. It was so good to see you, man. Yeah, it was really a pleasure. See Thanks. you next album. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll see you next album, or maybe on the last cycle of this one. Oliver from the XX, the new album is Coexist. This has been the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. For all things music, news, interviews, live events, and more, go to mtvhive.com.